0: Thank you for tuning in to Ask the Pharmacist with Joe DiMatteo. Joe is a pharmacist, naturopath, and board-certified in clinical nutrition. We're here to impact your health and change your life. My name is Joe DiMatteo, Jr., and it is my honor to introduce my father, Dr. Joe DiMatteo. I
1: want-
0: As we roll into another afternoon, it's awesome to be with you once again. A lot to cover. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about coenzyme Q10 today, a little bit maybe about magnesium, the importance of magnesium in our health and the quality of our health, and just some um, research tips, some recent research tips um, that I, I just want to convey to you about high fructose corn syrup, you know, all, all the things that we, sh- we should already know, <clears throat> but we often don't. What about the role of blueberries in arthritis and inflammation in the body? Can they reduce inflammation in the body? So a simple food, powerful food, is it possible that that can improve the quality, the state of your health, the quality of your joints, the inflammatory process in your joints, Absolutely. You know, you know that's, you know that's where I'm going with it, obviously. But it's just some simple tips for you today. And also, the key role of fiber in your diet. Why is it important? Well, you know, I just take that Metamucil and, uh, and I'm all good to go. Now I'm just talking about whether or not you're having adequate bowel movements with Metamucil or some fiber-based product, no, it's a lot deeper than that. The role of fiber in human health is critically important, misunderstood. i I'm only seen as a way to improve evacuation. Well, it is so much more important than that because we find that foods that are rich in fiber also have the ability to reduce disease states. Okay, foods that are rich, for example, vegetables and fruits and and unprocessed grains bring to the table many antioxidants and protective mechanisms. So higher fiber foods not only... Help you with the basic intestinal functioning, but they help distant site organs. So when we, uh, we get ready to move on to, uh, to some other areas, I'm gonna come back to this and we're gonna talk about fiber, the importance of fiber, whether it's with your blood pressure, diabetes, and, and, you know, maybe, how about if I just say this? Should I just take, you know, a supplement of fiber and not eat food fibers? Why can't I just take fiber before every meal and uh, improve um, the, all the things that you're talking about? Why do I have to eat fiber? I don't like vegetables. I don't like beans and legumes. I don't like those foods. I don't like I don't like unrefined grains. I like white flour. I like town talk. I shouldn't be talking about town talk. But I don't like, to, you know, I like town talk. All right, we we've got a lot to cover, um, as as well today. We have a lot to cover. From a scriptural standpoint, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about today. There's tons of lessons in the life of Abraham, and I've been going through uh, a Bible commentary and really trying to extract some things out of chapter 13 and 14 and 15, and I I didn't get as far as 16 yet, but it's actually very complicated, and I've spent probably about the last 40 minutes trying to compile some thoughts here, and I'll, I'll do the best I can, but I will tell you, you're going to see some incredible um, what should I say? Contradiction. You'll see some incredible analogies drawn from the life of Lot, from the life of Abram. What Abram chooses to do, what Lot chooses to do, and are there spiritual components? Are they teaching us spiritual lessons here? Okay? Very, very important. We're going to see how a man that is of the household of faith, a man that is following God, and I'm going to use the word holy and righteous, and not because he was righteous and holy in and of himself, but Abram was pursuing God. And I'm I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to give you a couple quick snippets from the scripture and then we'll, we'll come back and talk about it later. But I think it's important because what it does is it sets a tone and a pace for the people that are willing to follow and connect to God. Even though life doesn't always go smoothly and they're not always cherries and rosebuds and, you know, rose bushes everywhere, things still go wrong. But the general theme is that Abraham was able to deliver in these battles and these fights that he had with these kings of Sodom, Gomorrah and all these other towns. The Bible was very explicit about what he chose and how even King Melchizedek of Salem honors him. But Lot chooses the complete opposite. He chooses to go towards the land of Sodom and Gomorrah. Chapter 13 says, Lot looked around and he saw the whole plain of the Jordan toward the Zoar was well watered. And it was like the garden of the Lord, the land of Egypt. And this was before the Lord had destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, obviously. And it says, so Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and he sets out eastward mm, away from the things of God. The two men parted company. That's Abram and Lot. Abram lived in the land of Canaan, while Lot lived in the cities of the plain. And he pitched his tents near Sodom. Now the people of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. The Lord said to Abram, after Lot parted from him, look around from where you are to the north, the south, the east, the west. All the land that you see I will give to you and your offspring. And I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth. So that if anyone could even count the dust, so would be your offspring. Go walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I am giving you. So Abram went to live near the great trees of Mamre. See, this is significant. To dwell kind of as a pilgrim or a worshiper in the plain of Mamre, as we see here, indicates one that will have dignity, victory, peace, wealth. See, it's not, it, it's not that Abraham was able to do it on his own. It's what God was bringing to him. It says, Mamre at Hebron, you know, the house of God here, he's going to be with the house. He's going to the house of God where he pitched his tents. There he builds an altar to the Lord. And I'm just going to read you this. See, lot goes to towards Sodom, towards the world. Abram goes towards the things of God. Now, this is very, very important, and you'll see why later on, because what it comes down to, there's going to be four key principles that we're going to learn out of this today, that we should be willing to risk whatever it is, even for an undeserving people. You see, Lot leaves, in essence... Abram And he goes to a sinful area and begins to cavort, if you will, with the world. He leaves and has one wants nothing to do with God. Abram stays with God, but then you'll see Abram still goes, gets all of the men from the household of faith, living in God's house, serving God, and they deliver lot. Why? I, I don't know why the lot was undeserving. The next thing we'll see victory is possible. Only if we are trained in the household of faith, if we're armed with the house of faith and we're in that house of God, you've got to have him ultimately on your side. And we'll see often many of us, we become isolated in life. Is it Is that a good thing? Is isolation separation, the same thing? They're not. And I'm going to, will explain to you the difference. And many times after great victories, comes depression and dangerous times and you'll see that happens in chapter 15 there's a lot in here there's a lot of life lessons for you and I to just peel away peel away the layers of this onion and learn from it a couple of emails before we go to the phones at eight hundred two eight one eighty two fifty five we're having a little difficulty we had some um you know credit card issues so to speak that I've had on my end with one of our companies that handles our streaming and and our ability to stream the program and then I don't know what happened but um we we're, we're, we lost the ability yesterday and today to stream the program so for those of you that have been listening live you're not hearing this right now so I don't know why I'm saying it um I I can't get that over the airwaves too we, we don't we're not real sure what happened um but it will be up on the website i can still record it on that same unit so this is crazy. I hate to talk technical stuff because I don't know what I'm doing half the time, Um, but we're trying to do the best that we can, but you can still go listen to the broadcast later on today or have a family member, as many of you do, go back and listen to the recording on the website at AskJoeD.com, 800-281-8255. Brian writes and says, look, I'm looking for some foods and supplements to just help keep my prostate in better health. Well, that's a pretty awesome um, thought process because men, most men, give no thought to prostate health until they have an enlarged prostate, or they go to the physician, they have blood work done, they've got an elevated PSA. Doc does a digital rectal exam, DREs. Boy, no one wants to talk about that. And I know guys are cringing right there, and they put pressure on your prostate gland, and they feel your prostate, they say, "Oh my gosh, your prostate's enlarged." Huh yeah, doc, you know, I been, haven't been going to the bathroom as well. I'm up multiple times a night and I can't seem to empty my bladder and I don't know what's going on. And well, now the prostate's enlarged. So that process is involved by having testosterone convert to dihydrotestosterone. There's two different types. One is very, very antagonistic, makes your hair fall out and enlarges the prostate. The other one Not so much so. The other part of this is many men are converting to estrogen. So this guy wants to know, what can he do? Foods, supplements, foods. You've got to reduce the amount of saturated animal fats. If you eat a ton of red meat, a ton of corn-fed beef, um, as opposed to some grass-fed beef, and not that beef is bad, but you eat a lot of saturated fats, deep-fried fats, a lot of dairy, Um, especially if it's not organic, you you potentially could be looking at a future of problems with your prostate. And then on top of that, if you eat a diet that is devoid of foods that are rich in lycopenes like you find in tomatoes, vegetables that are rich in the yellows and orange colors and use, you're going to be minus a lot of antioxidants that protect. If you've never eaten an avocado, that's not a good thing. Avocados are great for the prostate health. So there's a a, a diet that gets you more away from saturated fats, animal fats, gets you away from a lot of dairy, a lot of fried foods. Not to say that then the dairy's evil, but you should use organic sources. A lot of vegetables, more of what you hear us talk about every day. Foods that are rich in zinc. Well, pumpkin seeds are rich in zinc. So more nuts and seeds, good oils, good fats, not the bad fats. Zinc essentials. If you're 35 and older, you should be on Zinc Essentials at least one a day. If you're 40 and older, you should be on um, either our salt Palmetto Plus. Plus, please. That's not salt Palmetto alone. That's an entry point for basic prostate support. Maybe just two a day. You should be doing this in your 40s to prevent problems in your 50s and 60s. I do. Men already have a problem. Now you're on the prostate essentials plus it's, it's, it's the game's on. It's a much higher concentration. It's, it's more focused. It's got more multiple support agents. So your diet, I went over that basic support. This guy, says he doesn't tell me his age. So I'm going to say at a minimum, saw Palmetto plus two to maybe three a day. One other email. And then I'm going to go to the phones. Diana writes and says, Hey, my daughter's healthy. She's athletic, 19 years old. Sophomore has not had her menstrual cycle since January of this year. Well, we're in October, October, practically, so we're talking about nine months of no periods. We first thought this was related to her training for the half marathon and her general workout routine. She's very athletic, so I don't know what's going on. She neither uh, she is neither underweight nor overweight. She's not sexually active. She eats a healthful diet. We now sus- suspect her symptoms to look similar to what's known as PCOD or PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian disease. Okay. She has seen a specialist, but she does not want to take the birth control pills that they want to put her on to guide her levels of hormones. We want a more less toxic more natural method, is this something that you can help with? Diane, yes. And we would teach you about insulin resistance. We would look at the importance of diet and how she eats, how we can improve insulin sensitivity. Know that chemicals and environmental chemicals can induce this process, but we would look at everything from vitamin D, the quality of her diet, using specific nutrients to improve glucose or sugar and insulin hookup. And we might even do some things to try to lower her testosterone naturally if it's elevated. But on top of all that, we would do some urinary testing to see... What she is converting to how what her testosterone is, and then what she certainly converts to, so you, um, you have some potential help here with something as significant as polycystic ovarian disease, which really means that unfortunately the body the ovaries are being they 're thrown off <clears throat> usually by some level of insulin resistance which then encourages aberrancies in hormone levels, progesterone to estrogen to testosterone ratios, which can then lead to acyclic scenarios. In other words, women are not cycling, and even as a 19-year-old, it's more common than you would think today. It's a very common problem. That's why I do not believe that it is just dietary alone Chemicals, environmental chemicals certainly are involved here. And our ability to detoxify you can be a key, key player here as well. But exercise and activity with Picos is very, very important as well. Let's go to Tennessee. We have Steve on the line. Steve in Tennessee. You're up, brother. How can I help you today?
2: Hey, Joe. Uh, I love your ministry. Uh, Thank I'll you. Listen to you when I can. I'm a truck driver. Awesome. And, uh, you know, I know the Bible says, uh, you know, everybody has different spiritual gifts, and I, I believe the knowledge of health is, is definitely a spiritual
0: gift. Amen. Um, Amen. I agree.
2: I've been, you know, I've been uh, on this health kick now for a couple of years, trying to flip some switches and get my body in the right direction. Okay. I thought I was moving power and in, in, uh, had uh, inflammation in the body and whatnot. And, uh, you know, I hear, I've hear i talked to a couple of uh, holistic doctors, and I've listened to some shows, and everybody mm-hmm. talks about a liver cleanse. Nobody ever really gives a good uh, description as to what that is. And, you know, you you take a product, you know, you can go to Walmart or GNC and take something and you you don't feel anything and you don't realize any difference. Well, I feel that I've been blessed. I have lowered my blood pressure from 150 over 100. uh, Very regularly now, I get readings of 116 over 77. Wow. I just had a blood test done. My triglycerides were 228. Uh, after doing this specific liver cleanse, my, my triglycerides are now 133, and they're supposed to be under 150. That's awesome. My my homocysteine level was a 14, and it should be between 12 and
0: uh, uh, between 5 should, and 12. It should be under 11. Yeah, exactly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mine's mm-hmm. an 8.1. And all I've done was a uh, olive
2: oil and Epsom salt liver cleanse. I do it every other week. The first time I did it, Joe, I eliminated three to five hundred gallstones out of my feces. Oh, my. And I've done one every other week, and uh, I've done up to five of them. The last one that I did, I only had 70 stones in my excrement, and the what you're supposed to do, you're supposed to keep doing it until you get less than 20 stones, and after 20 stones, then you can do it once a month for maintenance. But the wonderful thing about this, and you can Google it, or you can YouTube it, it's all over the internet, you know, you actually see results because these stones will float in the water, and the rest of your fecal matter will sink to the bottom. And, I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, I, I saw it immediately in my blood pressure because I've always had sure. my blood pressure. I'm a sure. truck driver, and I was put on a one-year uh, uh, physical card. So, I mean, I just, when I saw a, a blood pressure rating of 116 over 77, I was
0: like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. This is awesome. <laughs> That's not my reading, right? <laughs> yeah.
2: And then I had a consultation with my doctor. It was my second. He does about four to $5,000 worth of blood work on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So the first one, we got my original numbers, and then by the second
0: one, three months later, like I said, my numbers dropped like a hot potato. Well, yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean, that's an old naturopathic um, liver detox. I mean, I, I've got in my folders here like a, like a one-page summary of basically that Epsom salt, even magnesium along with olive oil. Um, so, yeah, I don't think, but if you look, what's in Epsom salt? Magnesium, right? And what, what after one of the reasons I always tell folks magnesium is important. Important in the diet because most of us don't have enough olive oil because of the types of components and the antioxidant Status of that, absolutely. I'm not surprised at all that this is stimulating the liver, and it's really very simple. I don't know that you know we could get everyone to kind of you know connect to say I'm going to do this once a week for whatever and and follow through. But I think it's a very simplistic way um, to help. Why do why do our first of all? Let's go back to one key point. Why do our livers need cleanse? Well, because we're exposed. I always say right. It's it's our filtration mechanism. we're exposed to so many chemicals, whether we're driving in our vehicle or we go into a store and there's all kind of perfumes and chemicals off-gassing there, to what's in the ceilings in these tiles that are in, in, in office buildings, to what the chemicals that are in the carpeting. Folks have no idea what we're exposed to literally on a daily basis, let alone the chemicals or that we eat in the food because of pesticides and herbicides. And over time, our livers can become congested. Absolutely congested. So what you're, what you're seeing is probably some concentrations of bile. Literally, the stones are those bile components. Now, that's kind of stunning to oh, me absolutely. that you would see yeah, three absolutely. to five hundred. That's that. That's, in, that's th- that. I've never heard of that. Now, here's where I think the mistake is. And then I'm going to have to go. But here's the mistake. I think that too often um, this liver cleanse, instead of folks thinking about doing it like you're doing it, just proactively preventatively, let me clean up my liver, because if I clean up my liver, oh yeah, it'll drop, uh, we're just going to put up on the website um, why it's important to have your liver functioning well, because the liver handles cholesterol, it makes it, and it helps to dispose of it. If a liver's congested, you're a sitting duck, you can't do it. But the the, the problem is, I think, most folks wait until they either have gallstones Or they've been told they have fatty liver, and then they want to do a liver detox, and not that you can't do it then, as opposed to doing what you're talking about, which is being more proactive. The reason why, when someone already has documented large gallstones, you got to be careful to do this type of thing, because what it often can do, it stimulates...
2: Can I say one more thing? Sure. sure. So you got to go. I, I, really important. My wife, my five-year-old daughter, Joe, and my eight-year-old son, my my five-year-old daughter, Joe, was full of golf stones. I cut the, uh, I cut the ingredients in half to do it for my child. Mm-hmm. I, we were all full of golf. I mean, when you say
0: people until so they develop golf stones, Yeah, but um, what I think—hold on—I think, I just, hold on. I think what you're, but them. what you're seeing though, what you're seeing is concentrations of uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm not so sure you're seeing stones that can get lodged. Well, I'm talking big stones that get lodged in the biliary tree. Here's the problem with that. Now, you—you got to hear me on this. The problem is, some folks their stones are so large. When you start stimulating harshly like that, what happens? is, is they get lodged in the biliary tree and it backs up. All the bile backs up into the gallbladder and your gallbladder can you can make you really, really sick. So all I'm going to say is you just got to I got no problem with this. I'm telling you, this is an old naturopath. This is older than the hills. This is probably a hundred and some years old. So there's no problem with doing it. But I'm always leery if someone has documented significant stones wanting to do this. Cause I've seen it happen where folks go into huge biliary shutdown. They're sick as dogs. Their, 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 their gallbladder literally becomes toxic. So there's a way and then there's not a way to do it. Steve, I appreciate your phone call, brother. Thanks so much. Folks, you can reach us here today, 800-281-8255. 800-281-8255. Much in keeping with what Steve was just talking about. Number one, we don't eat enough fiber. So fiber kind of very much in keeping with what he's talking about. One of the key ways to de stress your liver, we don't eat enough fiber. We don't have enough live foods in our diet to counteract much of what we're doing. We eat a lot of processed foods, it congests, it toxifies our liver. We gotta get more Fiber from the foods that we consume. We'll talk about that when we come back from the break. We gotta go. We'll only be gone for a couple minutes. Stay with us.
3: People come in with health concerns and we try to address those at the root cause. A specialist in functional integrative medicine, nurse practitioner Joyce Gibb has conducted over 3,000 consultations with pharmacist, mentor and friend Joe DiMatteo. I actually got my nurse practitioner in family practice and I've always wanted to practice getting to the root cause because in family practice I felt like I was giving a pill for the ill. It's always pharmaceutical based, you really didn't get to the main problem that caused the symptom. Just an example, of you have heartburn, there's many reasons for acid reflux or heartburn, and some of those reasons can be not enough hydrochloric acid, where a traditional medicine blocks that, and as we age, our body typically doesn't even make enough as it should to break down our food. And a lot of people want to get off their proton pump inhibitors, and we had a little protocol to wean that very slowly so they don't have rebound heartburn. Call for a consultation today, 888-865-9595 or visit AskJodie.com. One of our biggest threats to our health and well-being can also be one of the simplest to address. I'm talking about stress. Here on Ask the Pharmacist, in addition to all the nutritional support we give your body, you'll also hear us talk a lot about the one who made it. As we deeply think about the character and goodness of God, as we release our cares to Him in prayer, it's amazing how even our greatest concerns are put into the proper perspective. It's help that's free of charge and comes without a prescription. Learn more at AskJodee.com.
1: The health of your family is one of the most important factors in your life. You plan it into your budget, make annual checkups, and pray for a happy and healthy home. Joe DiMatteo from Ask the Pharmacist knows how valuable vital health and spiritual well-being is to you. That's why he hosts a daily call-in show dedicated to helping you achieve greater physical and spiritual health. Trying to keep you and your family healthy can be frustrating. As a certified pharmacist, clinical nutritionist, and naturopathic doctor, Joe special. In bridging the gap between conventional and alternative medicines. Joe examines the most recent headlines and scientific breakthroughs to educate you on what is hype and what is really important. By providing daily insight into health news and natural alternatives, Joe DiMatteo strives to bring your health into a spiritual focus. He begins each show with prayer and reflection, asking for good health and happiness for you and their listeners all across America. Tune in, listen, learn, and live healthy with Ask the Pharmacist
0: considering a probiotic just remember that what's on the bottle isn't necessarily what's in it this is joe DiMatteo, and like you my family's health is extremely important to me and i won't give them just anything many probiotics are not shelf stable they deteriorate in the warehouse and in shipping so what's on the box is no longer in the product by the time it gets to you That's why I develop probiotic essentials, so I can rest assured my family is getting the full dose of high-quality strains their bodies need. In fact, we regularly send our probiotic essentials from our store shelves to an independent lab to verify the quality and potency of our product. Yeah, we're a little crazy about quality control, but you know what? That's okay with me. Knowing that your family and mine are getting nothing but the highest quality probiotics possible makes it the kind of crazy I can live with. Learn more about our probiotic essentials as well as other supplements at AskJoeD.com. The health of your family is one of the most important factors in your life. You plan it into your budget. You make annual checkups. You pray for a happy and healthy home. Here on the Ask the Pharmacist show, I know how valuable vital health and spiritual well-being is to you. As a registered pharmacist, board-certified clinical nutritionist, and naturopath, it's my goal to help bridge the gap between conventional and alternative naturopathic medicine. Every day, I'm here to discuss the most recent headlines, scientific breakthroughs to educate you on what is most important or hype. By providing daily insight into health news and natural alternatives, I strive to bring your health into a spiritual focus with a firm reliance on God and the promises found in His Word. It's my prayer for you and listeners all across America that you enjoy good health and happiness each and every day. Stay tuned, listen, learn, and live healthy. This is Joe DiMatteo. Ask the Pharmacist continues in a moment.
3: One of our biggest threats to our health and well-being can also be one of the simplest to address. I'm talking about stress. Here on Ask the Pharmacist, in addition to all the nutritional support we give your body, you'll also hear us talk a lot about the one who made it. As we deeply think about the character and goodness of God, as we release our cares to him in prayer, it's amazing how even our greatest concerns are put into the proper perspective. It's help that's free of charge and comes without a prescription. Learn more at askjod.com. Welcome
0: back to America's Health Talk Hour. This is Joe DiMatteo of the Ask the Pharmacist broadcast. If you're just joining us, you can reach us toll free at 877-655-6755. That's toll free, 877-655-6755 or at AskJoeDiMatteo.com. Let's get back to talking your health. Welcome back! Thanks for being with us. We're going to talk more about that liver gallbladder flush. We have another question up here, I believe, and I just pulled at the break there. My old, um, an old folder. Boy, this is older than the hills. Um, gallbladder flushes: cold pressed olive oil, six ounces, two tablespoons spoons of lemon juice. That morning, drink ten ounces of citrate of magnesium. You see how magnesium? You see when we citrate of magnesium, it's magnesium and what you know Steve was talking about Epsom salt it's magnesium sulfate with olive oil oils really stimulate the fats stimulate the gallbladder and the liver so there's some old time remedies here that can be awesome 8 ounces of purified water pure fresh squeezed lemons even blackstrap molasses olive oil, even cayenne pepper combinations. So certainly you can do those things. I just want to be careful. If someone actually has full-blown gallstones, you start pushing and they lodge in the biliary tree, there's trouble. There's a price to be paid for that. Just be careful. But as an ongoing preventative type protocol, big time. Why the other day? And actually I wanted to talk about it. I never got to it. I wanted to talk to you about the role of magnesium. And the importance, I told you, I take my Mag essentials, I take four every night before I go to bed. Magnesium, it's much along the lines of what Steve was talking about. So when I say magnesium helps your blood pressure, it can help your liver to detoxify, it helps to um, calm the brain, God's natural calming agent. I mean, the list goes on. 200 metabolic reactions. Well, magnesium is critical for for the liver, to help cleanse itself. Not only is it lower inflammation, not only is it stimulatory so that you can evacuate and eliminate efficiently, but it stimulates the liver. Magnesium, a misunderstood and seldom used correctly mineral. Before we go back to the phones, I wanted to just kind of summarize real quickly some key lessons that we can learn from Abram's life. Um, And and I kind of, I'm going to, this is a long drawn out thing. I don't want to do that. But chapter 13, we see that Lot chooses the impurity, the gold of Sodom and Gomorrah, which in essence is choosing the world. We see a little later um, in Genesis 13 that Abram goes a completely different direction. He goes to the trees of Mamre. He goes, in essence, to follow God and to fellowship with God at Hebron. He sets up, pitches his tent. He builds an altar. He chooses God. Lot chooses his flesh, the world, what he wants. He goes towards Sodom. The Bible explicitly says that the people of Sodom were wicked Gomorrah, they were wicked and he goes literally right on the perimeter of that, those two cities and sets up his tent. But later on we see Lot was about to be killed by the kings that they were at war and Abram gets, it says, 318 In verse 13 of chapter 14, it says a man who had escaped came and reported this to Abram, the Hebrew. Now Abram was living near the great trees of Mamre. He was within fellowship. He was with God. And all of those that were allied with Abram Allied what people that were of the household of faith following God. This says when Abram heard that his relative had been taken captive. He called out three hundred and eighteen trained men born in his household, men that were following God. And they went in pursuit as far as Dan and they attacked and they recovered all the goods and they brought back his relative lot. He saves lot. Why? Why? It was his relative. Four key lessons. But look, Lot chose the world. He chose his own lust, his own flesh. Abram was following God. Does that make Abram, what does that make Abram? It just makes Abram that he understood what his priorities were. You and I need to understand what our priorities are. Four key points from this. There's so much in here I can't even begin. As I've been reading through this last night, there's so much. But here, whatever we need to do for those that we even, quote, perceived to be undeserving, lot was undeserving, we need to do whatever we did. When he found, whatever you need to do, whenever Abram found out that his relative was at risk, he went to help him. We need to reach out to even those that we, quote, believe are undeserving. Be careful of that. I know I need to. Number two, victory is truly possible. Here's a lesson that you're going to learn here. And no matter what phase or area of your life, if you're in the house of faith, trained up in the word of God, born into the word of God, born into the household of faith, born again of the spirit. You've got to be in, not in the know, but you've got to be in connection. We talked about this yesterday with God. I can't talk about separation. That's a whole nother subject. We can't separate. We can't isolate ourselves. That's selfishness. You need to separate from the world. Lot didn't. Abram did. Abram didn't. He didn't isolate himself. He separated himself. Often those two terms are confused. And then later on, you see that right after this major victory, the first um, verse of chapter 15 in Genesis, after this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision and says, Do not be afraid, Abram, for I am your shield and your great reward. Abram actually almost goes into depression after this. After great victories, be careful of... Huh. oppression, depression and literally a sinking of our spirits. Let's go back to the phones. Next was Sharon, Southern California. Sharon, you're on. How can I help you today?
3: Hi, thank you Dr. Joe for taking my call.
0: You're welcome. Thanks thank for calling.
3: Ministry. Oh, thank you for your ministry. Um, my daughter was just diagnosed with Hashimoto's okay. thyroiditis. My I had it. My mom had it. My sister has it.
4: Oh my! my mom
3: and I had uh, uh, we had one lobe removed, and then the other years later. I'm trying to avoid my daughter having to go through that. Sure. Is there any truth? To the, um, I've read online that um, <clears throat> having a gluten-free diet will mm-hmm. actually help. What, what's your opinion?
0: I I, I I I think there's four areas that are that are huge, and I'll just give them to you quickly. Number one, a low vitamin D status makes us more prone to autoimmune Hashimoto's, mm-hmm. autoimmune thyroid disease. Number two, gluten intolerance. Men and women that are gluten intolerant that have a true gluten sensitivity, an immune reaction. See, that's an immune reaction in the gastrointestinal wall, but then that triggers an autoimmune reaction in distant sites in the body. That could be joints, that could be an organ, and that certainly could be a gland that secretes a hormone such as thyroid. So gluten intolerance, absolutely. I don't I remember off the, off the top of my head, but I believe it's close to a threefold increase incidence of autoimmune thyroid disease in folks that are truly gluten intolerant. So two points. Number one, D3 levels that are low, vitamin D levels are low, gluten intolerance. Thirdly, that I would put into the mix immediately, um, the role for heavy metals. Some of us, we talked about this last week, and that's what I'm going to teach on October 10th, that if we have impaired detoxification pathways genetically, we can hold on to metals I'll use the word more efficiently. That's, a, that's not the bad thing. Unfortunately, we hold on to more metals because we're not excreting them. Aluminum and mercury in particular can be a huge trigger for thyroid issues. Environmental chemicals in general. Um, um, chemicals that we're exposed to, chlorinated compound b- breads. They, they, they use bromine now. Brominated breads compete with iodine. And unfortunately, we're very iodine deficient. Most of the population, which opens up potential for autoimmune thyroid. So gluten, vitamin D, heavy metals, chemicals, and then the fifth area, unfortunately, was bromines, chlorines, chlorinated water, bromines and breads that compete with iodine. And iodine, the thyroid gland without iodine is like, you know, a horse without water. It's just not, it's just not going to work. Can't, can't do it. So I don't know if that helps you, but yes, gluten needs to be a part of the equation. Certainly.
5: Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate you're,
0: you're very welcome. Have a blessed day. And, you know, even with that, um, gastrointestinal health. A balance of good and bad bacteria. The, the the more antagonized your immune system is through poor good bacterial balance in the gut, why probiotics are so critical, and a healthy whole foods diet, and lots of fibers that encourage the growth of good, and even fermented foods. See, this all, it all plays. So unfortunately, many times, we're looking, see, medicine has just kind of trained people into thinking, if you have one thing wrong, we you have one specific or you have something wrong, we have one specific thing we're going to go after. And that's how we're going to define your problem. Unfortunately, sometimes there are layers. It is multifactorial. And I think thyroid is a perfect example. I have some other thoughts on thyroid too, but that that's a pretty good overview. Let's go next to Georgia. We have Norm in Georgia. Norm, you're on. How can I help you today?
5: Yes, two quick things. You mentioned about Liberty Talk. Does your regimen also say the same for someone who's had a gallbladder removal?
0: um you can still do the same thing now obviously if you've had your gallbladder removed you're not going to have any impact on the gallbladder but your liver still will benefit from you know the kinds of things that Steve talked about uh liver, what I just pulled out liver support that uses um either high doses of magnesium with olive oil with uh fresh, freshly squeezed lemons oh yeah you can still do that sure absolutely yeah,
5: I just, that was- Sometimes you create an imbalance of an organ missing. I didn't know if Mm -hmm. that same theory would still
0: apply. Yeah, and in a lot of cases you do. This one's a little bit different because even those two obviously directly interplay with one another. So our liver makes the bile. And then the bile is stored up in the gallbladder to be released upon demand. I eat a food that has fats in it or I eat a salad that has olive oil. Now what's happening? I'm stimulating my gallbladder and now I'll secrete bile to emulsify the fats or if I've been exposed to chemicals I'm gonna, I'm gonna secrete bile. But unfortunately if I don't have a gallbladder I just kind of pour it out, you know, from the liver. But some of the same principles apply. As a matter of fact, we even have a prep that's called Liver Gallbladder Support that has things like lipotropic agents and methionine and cysteine and magnesium. We it's combined. It's it's LVGB, a Liver Gallbladder uh, Support prep. Sure. So they 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 kind of parallel one another. Yes, they do. Absolutely, you're correct. Okay. And the, and the
5: second thing I wanted to bring up was. I have kind of a challenge here. The docs have never been able to settle with me um, for years. I've tested positive for MS, lupus, Lyme disease. When I get more definitive tests, it turns out to be inconclusive. into to the Mayo Clinic, and they said, "Oh, you're in a you're in the perfect zone. You're not active, but you, we do agree you show all the early onset." But so I've also, um, due to some years. It took um, a while but they've, mm-hmm. they've, um, they celiac uh, sprue. They've they they s has tested me positive for that. Um, it, when I was in the military it would take eight weeks to get a gastro appointment to do a scope. Yes. And I had I had five scopes in five years And the last one I my doctor um, only helped me out because he, he saw a puzzle that looked familiar and he realized he had a he called me one night at ten o'clock at home and usually a doctor don't do that, but something serious. Mm-hmm. He says, mm-hmm. I think I figured it out. I think you have celiac because my son has it. I realized looking at your blood work, I've been looking at my son. They're identical. So we tested it, and then the gastro guy didn't want to do the last test. Right. And he said, look, I've, I've scoped you four times in four years. Normally one's enough for five years. Mm-hmm. You're not going to change. But what I decided to do with my doctor, instead of quit eating wheat products, I loaded up on wheat products. That's right. People would show a positive. That's correct. And and then I told the doctor, I said, if the testing method is important. And and I usually, I normally, for some reason, I always wake up during procedures. Mm-hmm. This time I didn't wake up. And when it came to, he said, I'll talk to you in a week. And I took I took some biopsies, and he was scratching his head, and, he said all ten biopsies came back
3: hot. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I yeah, think I, I think that that when you're talking about scenarios like this, where it's lupus, it's it's MS, and you have all these markers for systemic lupus, and you have antibodies being formed, those are all autoimmune. So there's a whole list of things similar to what I was talking about to the previous caller on on thyroid. You could have a low vitamin D status. See, low vitamin D. Can open the door. It doesn't give you these diseases, but it, from a genetic standpoint, it makes you more susceptible. Then you throw in the possibility that you've either been exposed to a large amount of vaccines or I have a gluten intolerance. See, so you open up doors. You antagonize the immune system. Fortunately for some, they have all the markers, but they never really manifest. The disorders. There are many people that manifest the disorders, quite honestly, that have limited markers. So it's kind of bizarre. And many times folks say, well, medicine, uh, medical doctors say, well, I can't treat you because, you, you know, you don't have the markers, but, but in, the, in the labs, but you got all the symptoms. So it's kind of bizarre. It, it's very bizarre.
5: I, I had um, uh, a cardio and neuro guy put their heads together because they kept sending me back and forth because in addition to what I just said, I also was showing evidence of infarctions or white right matter lesions in my brain. that they were thinking full first strokes, then it said it could be an autoimmune causing it. And then I, I am consistently low on iron, Bs, and, and um, D, and sometimes yep. magnesium. Yep. I yep. have a hard time holding stuff. And um, not until I decided on my own to really go gluten-free.
0: Yes. Hey,
5: I a market improvement.
0: well, and I'm thrilled to hear you say that because, um, there are a lot of us and I, and again, I gotta go, but the problem is often we're looking for the testing and sometimes these testings are not as efficient as we believe they are. They're difficult to define many times. I think that anyone that has a significant history or, or manifestation of autoimmune, they've got to consider, frankly, going gluten free because now we know it's not even so much just the autoimmunicity, but we know now because of how the the wheat has been so genetically altered and modified, it's skewed. There's more gluten in the wheat. It's altered and changed genetically by big food conglomerate, unfortunately, and it is triggering inflammatory conditions in our body. There's no question about it. I think the general theme, the less wheat that someone eats today, the better off they are in all honesty. God bless you, brother. Thanks for your call. uh, We've had some interesting, powerful phone calls today, but I need to go back over quickly before I forget the fiber. I don't want to miss that. I've had five areas. I want to talk about magnesium the other day. I wanted to talk about multiple areas, and I I haven't gotten to them. I just need to finish this just so I, I feel like I've done it. High fiber foods. They absolutely, whether it's fruits, vegetables, unprocessed grains, foods that are rich in fiber, vegetable, plant-based foods. No matter how you slice this, okay? You funks can argue this. Well, you know, I'm at a so-and-so that all he did was eat meat and potatoes and corn and, um, he died when he was 89 and this other guy was eating all these, you know, I I know those stories. I, I, people tell me that. I hear that. But I can't go by those one or two. I don't give you anecdotal stories on here. You've got to go where the numbers and what the information points you towards. And it is clear that individuals that consume more fiber have less disease, have less disorders, have less high blood pressure, better liver functioning. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on and on. Number two, it can help to lower your blood pressure. Why? Because it lowers inflammation. There's more reasons. Now I don't have time to get into it, but take my word for it. Higher fiber diets can lower your blood pressure principally through lowering inflammatory response in the body. Thirdly, your risk of diabetes drops dramatic, dramatically. Literature has shown that if individuals could go above 25 grams of fiber consistently in their diet a day, foods that contain significant amounts of fiber, you can lower your risk of developing diabetes by at least 20%. Just, it doesn't say we know you need to control your sugar, but this says specifically, just the fiber component it doesn't talk about the amount of sugar now that's not a license to go you know eat seven ho-hos now and just you know back that up with a with a canister of metamucil it's not what i'm implying but the theme is if you just look at the fiber component you can significantly reduce the risk for developing type 2 diabetes next there's no question about it that when you take food sources of fibers it, it's not the same as just supplementing with fiber, okay? The only one I can tell you legitimately that if you say, well I can't stand this kind of food and I don't want to eat this kind of food, you gotta tell me, well then I'm gonna just go buy some Metamucil or some type of brand, no. Because you, you can't separate them. From its active constituency, there's one, there's only one that I know of, and we keep it, and it's very pricey. But for those of you that say, look, I just can't do it, I I, I want to be on some source of fiber, what's the best source of fiber? We have a, 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 a product that's a fiber base, I'm even drawing a blank on the name right now, um, that is not just a clear fiber. I don't know that we even have it on our website. But it's a beta-glucan derived product. In other words, it's derived from the same things. There's glucomannan, there's acacia, there's oat fibers. It is. It has rich in beta-glucans. It's similar to what you get in foods from oatmeal. Why do you think I tell you to eat steel-cut oats whenever you can? Lastly. Look for foods that have nuts and seeds and so on, lignans and pectins, apples are awesome, artichokes, beets, Even onions. Not only are they just good for your immune system and elimination, but they encourage the growth of good bacteria in the gut as well. Well, I I know I didn't get to anywhere, and I know we still have some callers up there. I'm not even going to be able to get to you guys today. We're running out of time. I wanted to touch touch base quickly. Don't forget, take a look at some of the products of the month that we have up on the website, coq 10 are there different forms? Yes. Is there absorbability? Yes. Can CoQ10 be good for my heart uh, unequivocally? Can it help um, protect my, the fats that are in my body from going bad and rancid? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Is it good for someone with heart failure? Big time. Is it good for someone that has angina or, you know, gets discomfort in their chest and they're being treated with medication and, and they're not getting oxygen to their heart? Yeah, you bet your bottom dollar. Chronic heart failure patients are huge candidates for quality forms of coenzyme Q10. You just have hardio, um, uh, high blood pressure. You are a huge candidate. I mean, if you're undergoing certain forms of chemotherapy, you're a candidate for coenzyme Q10. Take a look and look at CardioMax as well that we have up on the site. Um, The the conditions, the health concerns, we have more that will be going up in the next couple of weeks. Please make sure that you take a look. And also, if you have a moment, take a look at the ultra-glucose control, uh, the medical food, why I'm so on this for a couple of reasons. One of which, the technology to stabilize your blood sugar. So whether you're a pre-diabetic or you're a type 2 diabetic, or you just flat out are having a weight problem and you can't get a grip on it, you're just overweight, you eat too much junk and too many carbs and you're hungry all the time because your blood sugars are dropping, you need to think about ultra-glucose control. Take a look at the site. Even if you replace one meal, ideally replace two meals. It's awesome, awesome stuff. The little message that we had today I think was important. What can we learn from? What do we learn from the Lot and Abraham story? Well, you know, people, everybody knows about Lot and everybody knows about, oh, the father of the faith and so on, but there's so many subtleties that are glaring in the scripture about the choices that these two men made. And in the end, the one delivers the other. And I, it's not coincidental, but those couple chapters are specifically geared and rooted in saying, look, if you follow God, you trust God, you're going to win. See, either you're going to pass on into eternity and be with him, or you have victory in this life. Either way, you win. The scripture was clear. Lot chose the world. He chose his own lust. He chose sin, and he was literally destroyed. Who bails him out but his uncle, Abram? who it says had set up his tent near the trees of Mamre at Hebron, worshiping and serving God. We never lose when you do that. God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow
4: at 3. You only want what's best for your family. You understand that you might only be able to save a few dollars by buying generic paper towels, but you stick to the brand names when it comes down to what's really important. Take omega 3 fish oil, for example. You can buy 500 soft gels for less than $20 at many big box stores, but you know that if you do, you'll be tasting fish all day, and you won't be getting close to the strength your body needs to see any real results. And how can you really be sure that the heavy metal toxins have been removed? Where's the bargain? The Essentials brand. Omega-3-800 is molecularly distilled for purity, has a great lemon taste, and is ultra-concentrated so that you can take fewer soft gels and feel results. Joe DiMatteo from Ask the Pharmacist designed Omega-3-800s to be the premier fish oil supplement on the market today. Visit www.askjoedimatteo.com or call 877-275-7743 for more information on Omega-3-800s and why they're the smart choice for you and your family.